Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. We are a week away from the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July. One week. If you're listening live, today is the 27th of June, 2023. One week away from July 4th and the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. Uh, the contest is is fun. It's fun to watch. I, in fact, interviewed uh, the announcer and the guy that's, uh, you know, the face of the contest, George Shea, uh, episode 409 of uh chewing the fat by the way and uh he's a fascinating guy i interviewed him during the pandemic and how they were going to do the contest for 2020 and uh, he's a really fascinating guy and we're back to being uh you know with crowds obviously now then uh you know when you look at the records uh, i mean joey chestnut owns the nathan's hot dog eating contest along with uh Mickey Sudo, the female, I'm sorry, the woman, uh, she owns uh, the woman's side. She lo- the, she didn't win a couple years ago because she was out, and a Michelle Lesko won, but that was because Mickey wasn't there. And uh, Mickey came back last year and uh, is back on top with Joey Chestnut. I mean, Chestnut owns the competition. Before Joey came along, there was a competitive eater by the name of Takiro Kabashi. And he won uh, multiple years a long time ago. Uh, it's, it's not that long ago, but it feels like it's a long time ago. I mean, he won back in 2001 through 2009. And uh, that's when Joey Chestnut showed up. Uh, Chestnut showed up in 2008. and Well, actually in 2007 and won. And then in 2008... They tied and had an eat off, and he won. And then there was no looking back for Joey after that contest. He continued to uh, win and set records. Now, Kobayashi is still a competitive eater, but he released on Instagram that he is giving up competitive hot dog eating. Now, the reason he's given up competitive hot dog eating is very interesting to me since I am a Heinz ketchup police officer kobayashi is uh partnering with heinz to say just how good hot dogs are but not for hot dog eating contests i'm takiru kobayashi six-time hot dog eating contest champion and the godfather of competitive eating recently i have come to see how my years of eating hot dog this way was wrong i'm yes. ready to make it right from this point forward i will no longer participate in hot dog eating contest of any kind but i want to thank heinz and the yes. hot dogs are not a contest movement for helping me see the light hot dogs are not a contest huh. they are for enjoying with heinz thank you <laughs> That is awesome. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) 
some interesting headlines about food and, well, uh, specifically fruit here. Florida oranges and Georgia peaches are both experiencing the lowest production of their big name fruits in decades, which of course will drive up prices. You can count on that. Uh, Citrus harvest this season in Florida could be the smallest since 1928. Could be, probably will be. 18 million boxes compared to a peak of 250 million boxes in the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, how? <laughs> I mean, when I lived in Florida uh, in the 90s and the 2000s, um, they were just they were dropping everywhere. My wife at the time uh, was uh, a nurse, a home health nurse, and she had plenty of patients, older patients that had orange trees and tangerine trees and grapefruit trees in their yards and they didn't know what to do with it they were the stuff was just falling off so we would go and pick them and take them uh and have you know (laughs) we have oranges and tangerines and grapefruits and juices and it was amazing that doesn't happen anymore now according to uh, uh the reason was nasty weather in the fall and winter compounded longer term challenges like greening disease to devastate Florida's famous citrus groves. And if you get your hands on fresh squeezed Florida orange juice, uh, you will be paying through the nose or through whatever orifice you pay for your fruit because it's going to be a pretty penny. Now, Georgia peaches uh, are almost completely wiped out this year. Wow. Warm weather. Uh, warm winter weather actually followed by a cold snap in march have destroyed 95 percent of the crops the farmers say it's the worst harvest since 1955 holy cow so if you get a georgia peach this year (laughs) you're going to be a lucky one florida of course is far more dependent on the citrus harvest than Georgia is on the peaches, which I, I didn't realize, actually. The cit- I mean, I realized Florida was dependent on the citrus industry. They have an industry worth $6.9 billion a year, according to the University of Florida. And uh, peaches are mostly symbolic for Georgia. They've only brought in $34 million in revenue, which is really surprising. I would have bet a lot more. But they make over a billion for cotton out of georgia so i just figured that uh, georgia made a lot more from the peaches but apparently not and they're not going to make uh 34 million this year because uh it's almost wiped out there's almost no georgia peaches really sad uh and of course it's uh not because of uh weather changes and snaps it's all because of climate change and we need to uh not be able to uh, do the things we love or have energy or have power for our homes because of climate change. Okay, I get it. We have a shortage of Mexican chili peppers. We talked about the uh, sriracha sauce, right? And how uh, people are stealing it from the restaurants. (laughs) Uh, It's high priced. Uh, The Haifong Foods, uh, their uh, sauce, uh, they uh, hamper production because of the green capped uh, bottle people are fighting for it because the mexican chili paper uh, uh chili pepper i can't even say it uh the crop failure it's caused by an on- ongoing drought exasperated by climate change so that's the blame that they're having for haifong foods shortage of sriracha sauce so if you're looking for the 
production of the green capped Siriachi bottle, uh, it's pretty low and prices are surging through the roof. And if you find one, I'm not saying deep pocket it, but you may accidentally have one fall into your wife's purse. Just, uh, you know, say, oops. Oh, did that accidentally fall in there? Oh, shoot. Gosh, darn it. Wish I hadn't have done that. And then we found out that uh, we talked about bees and the shortage of bees and the hives. Uh, what's going on with the beehives and they're being stolen? Well, uh, beehives have reportedly gone through the second highest death rate on record. Beekeepers have lost 48% of their managed colonies. Wow. Uh, just incredible incredible bees are responsible for so much of our of our food and our our growth and so we have to we have to do something about that i don't know if it's climate change i don't know if we have to go out and and make sure we have to open up beehive strip clubs so the bees are taking care of business (laughs) so we can start uh, you know having some more bees Uh, we need a little bee business going on because that needs to happen uh, we don't need to be losing the honeybees. And if they would have done what I had suggested a long time ago, during the Afghan war, the original Afghan war, uh, we, we would not be in this problem. Because I said the farmers in Afghanistan who make poppies for the heroin trade need another revenue stream. And so I said, let's take bees to Afghanistan, use the caves, use the fields, and create beehives in Afghanistan, which would then in turn make honey a new product rather than poppies for heroin, and they would we'd have bees. Nobody took me up on my idea. They should have now. Yeah. Who's laughing now? That's right. Who's stinging bees now? Me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we talked yesterday about the train derailment in Montana and uh, how they were worried uh, what was going to go in the river and it cut off the internet line. And so they now we they're saying, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing bad spilled into the river. We're all fine. Don't worry about it. Well, come to find out, that was the fifth train derailment in Montana this year what is happening i don't know uh the first was march 8th which i believe they claimed uh ice caused the train to come off the tracks at a road crossing interesting then in march 15th one week later the engine of a 72 car train came off the tracks at a montana crossing they claimed that was snow was a big factor okay they did never had snow before on the tracks uh, it's just really really strange then at the end of march march was a busy month for montana rail uh they had another train come off the tracks again no one was injured so apparently snow is new to montana and the uh the rail lines because who knew and now then in april wow this in the first part of april too so it's almost uh, almost a, a whole month uh, throughout March and the first part of April, a train carrying loads of beer derailed in northwestern Montana and Sanders County. Okay, so 25 cars derailed. Some landed in the river. And the cause of the derailment is still under investigation. But I'm guessing that because it's the first of April and they were still blaming the rail crashes in March on snow, it will have something to do with, yeah, there was, there was a lot of snow and ice. And then what are you going to do? 
And then they don't forget in uh, 2021, they had the Amtrak passenger train derailed. Three people died. Several people were injured. Wow. And apparently the NTSB says that a bent rail on the track could be blamed for that incident. Could be the blame for that incident. The bent rail. Uh, okay. We, I don't know what's happening in Montana or around the country with the trains, but I'm a huge fan of trains. Life in the train age is I'm all for them. I love them. But uh, whatever is going on needs to be stopped. You can quote me on that. You can quote me on that. Whatever is going on needs to stop. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <sighs> GetJointHelp.com slash Jeffy. If you are struggling with stiff or aching joints and you're tired of letting this well, we'll call it discomfort, steal the joy and freedom from your life, then I have a natural solution you're going to love. It's called the Joint Support by Pure Health Research, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, it contains seven of Mother Nature's best superfoods for supporting comfortable, healthy, and flexible joints. It even promotes healthy cartilage growth as well. All it takes is one small capsule of joint support every day to start feeling the positive effects on your joint health. As a listener to Chewing the Fat, you can try joint support risk-free today and get a free 30-day supply of omega-3 when you take advantage of the special offer. It can promote healthy joint lubrication, making it easier to move in comfort, You'll also be getting two free ebooks so you can learn a little bit more about joint health. Go to getjointhelp.com slash Jeffy to order joint support and claim your free bottle of omega-3 while supplies last. That's getjointhelp.com slash Jeffy. Getjointhelp.com slash Jeffy. Congratulations are in order to Billy Crystal, Renee Fleming, singer-songwriter, uh, Bee Gees band member Barry Gibb, actress, singer, and rapper queen Latifah, and singer Dionne Warwick. Congratulations to all of them as they are going to be awarded a Lifetime Artistic Achievement Award from the Kennedy Center Honors. Congratulations to them. It's the 46th feels like the 800th but it is only the 46th kennedy center honors and all of those people are going to be honored congratulations to all of them i mean queen latifah the first lady of hip-hop <laughs> and uh, she's got her own big show now whatever uh, whatever the stupid show is it's uh the equalizer that's it the equalizer you know that started out okay and then i got kind of bored with it and they got rid of my man chris noth uh, off the show because he was accused of some stuff so and i liked chris on the show anyway so uh the kennedy center uh, honors are going to uh air on cbs and stream on paramount plus on december 3rd so we got a ways uh it's going to be hosted by a singer and, uh, and the 2017 honoree gloria estefan hasn't she been there before 
Yeah, this is like her third time hosting. And you can't get rid of Gloria at the Kennedy Center Honors. So congratulations. I mean, Billy Crystal, he absolutely uh, deserves an award. I mean, he's, you know, funny and he's had some of the memorable Hollywood scenes in the last century. Barry Gibb, well, okay. I mean, he was a big part of a musical movement. So, okay, I'll give you Barry Gibb. I don't know. It's going to come as a surprise. The celebrated soprano, Renee Fleming. Not real. I don't have a lot of information about her. Let's take a look at Renee. Well, I'm sure she's a celebrated uh, soprano, but she is also the artistic advisor at large to the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. So, big surprise. She's going to be getting an award from the actual Kennedy Center uh, this year. So congratulations to all the uh, all the nominees and all the people who are going to be celebrated on their big night. Interesting that uh, the same night, uh, yesterday or the same day, uh, that uh, Fox News announced the new primetime lineup. Uh, finally figuring out what they're going to do after Tucker got his booted out the door. So the new lineup is reshuffling the current evening schedule. So uh, Laura Ingram is moving to the 7 p.m. slot, and they're moving Jesse Waters up to the 8 p.m. slot, which was Tucker Carlson's slot. And then Sean Hannity stays at 9, and Greg Gutfield moves to 10 p.m. Now, I think the guy that was on after Gutfeld is going to move to the 11 p.m. slot. I think it was called Fox at Night or something like that. So anyway, that's they had the big change. However, uh, the interesting news that came the same day was that there were still staffers who had previously worked for Tucker Carlson in the building. No more. Uh, oh, you worked for Tucker? Good luck. God bless. Take care. No, you can't work on any of the other shows. No, you're not working on any of the new shows. Uh, you're out. Have a nice day. Take care. Interesting. You had something to do with Tucker Carlson? Yes. Well, yes, I worked on a show. Bye. <laughs> but I can work on... Nope. Sorry. But I, I'm happy to work. I, I like living in New York and working at... No. I just worked for Tucker. I didn't do... No. Okay. All right, take care. Just interesting to me, that's all. Just interesting. So I see this headline. It said, uh, report from Samba TV. I'm not aware of really what Samba TV is, but the headline is Samba TV, finding that Hispanic actors are underrepresented on TV. Only 10% of lead actors were Hispanic, despite making up nearly 20% of the U.S. population. So I was, okay, fine, whatever. Let's take a look at what Samba TV is. So I can download their report, which is the 2023 State of Diversity on TV. And it also says I can download uh, more insights. Is the TV industry accurately representing the changing landscape in the U.S.? Does representative content attract viewers? No, you know what attracts viewers? Good shows. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, if the show, what the show wraps around, and if the characters are the right character for the part. That's what makes good TV. I may have to download the state of diversity on TV analysis from Samba TV and get back to you on that and let you know just exactly. 
uh, how they feel about diversity and representation on TV. While it's not just a moral imperative, but it also plays a crucial role in fostering inclusivity and influencing how society is shaped. At Sam, oh, this is their promo. At Samba TV, our vision is a world where everyone is more deeply connected to what they love through TV. So we look closer, look at the impact that diversity and representation has on us, the viewers. With practically unlimited choices of what TV to watch, are we more likely to seek out programs and respond to advertising that features characters who look like us? Well, I would have to say maybe. But we'd also respond to, I, I would say, I look for shows that uh, are good. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm looking for. I want a show that's good, okay? Like, for instance, let's say, let's use the show, oh, and just like that, the new Sex and the City reboot, okay? So season two just fired up again on HBO. I'm sorry, Max. And uh, it. I stopped watching season one because it was just so god awful boring and i had it had enough the sex in the city i believe had its run uh and to trying to reboot that really didn't work but hey they got a full season out of it and they got another season reboot out of it too because season two fired up so i thought okay you know what i'll give season two a shot so i went to uh and just like that on hbo and it says continue watching i made it through two episodes of season one before I stopped watching. That's where <laughs> it says resume watching. I was after the second episode. <laughs> uh, so that's, I mean, I was done with it then. So I watched the the first episode uh, of season two of just like that. You know, it's more uh, sex with, uh, you know, grandmas in the city or whatever it is. Uh, and it is amazingly as boring or more boring than the first season was. And I will say this. Uh, there were plenty of times in that first two episodes of Just Like That where I wanted Samantha to show up and be in the show, and she wasn't on it. Now, they claimed that Samantha was coming back this season. I did not see her come back. Now, that means that I stopped somewhere in episode one because I was like, okay, uh, enough. I can't. I even saved watching with my wife because my wife loves Sex in the City, but she can't take the new reboot. And so it's just, uh, I didn't ever made it to Samantha coming back. So all I want is to be good. Okay. Just be good. And sometimes a reboot doesn't need to be a reboot. It could just be a whole new show. Okay. All right, good. I'm glad. Did we cover that okay? Maybe I'll, I'll go back and take a look at the state of diversity on TV from Samba, but I think I'm going to disagree with some of their some of their outcomes. You never know, though. You never know. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
So did you catch any of the Glastonbury concerts that was going on? I mean, I know they all, you know, Lil Nas X showed up and Blondie performed in the final day and uh, Billy Idol was there. And so were, you know, all the bands, all the bands of, of record of great were there. But the number one uh, show was the Elton John show. It was probably his last show. Uh, on his farewell tour, which is, you know, who knows the farewell tour could be go on for another 10 years, but he believed that it was his final show in the UK. He's 76. Now this is supposed to be his retirement tour, right? The, uh, the tour is now the, I don't know, the most, the highest grossing tour of all time. Uh, I guess almost a billion dollars, 887 million, according to the experts. So he'll probably, reach a billion same as uh so will beyonce and uh, taylor swift but elton will probably get there first and deservedly so so he showed up in his gold jacket and his red uh his red glass he was awesome uh, i love elton and uh the crowd estimated at over a hundred and twenty thousand people when you look at the air shots it's amazing there were so many jokes about having to pee and i'll wait or i'll just pee here <laughs> it was a massive crowd Hundred and twenty thousand people for elton no doubt about it plus he set a record 7.3 million people tuned in to bbc one to uh to watch it which blows away the other records diana ross had uh, 3.1 million when she did her set at Glastonbury and McCartney had 2.7 million when he did his set at Glastonbury. Uh, that's not Elton John. Okay. Elton, uh, we were getting more 7 million people plus 120,000 in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Elton before a couple of times. He's awesome. Uh, I saw him with Billy Joel too, which was a great show. Uh, maybe you know, we've talked about it before, but uh, I'm just really, really amazing. He came out, the crowd went crazy. He said, uh, "You know, I'd better play well. I better entertain you. You've been standing a long time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, he played his greatest hit. I mean, I, it was when, well, of course, I mean, anything he plays on stage uh, is going to be his hits. But you look at the set list, it's Pinball Wizard, The Bitch is Back, Benny and the Jets, Daniel, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I guess that's why they call it the blues. Philadelphia Freedom, Are You Ready for Love? He did that with uh, Jacob Lusk and the London Community Gospel Choir. Sad Songs Say So Much, Someone Saved My Life Tonight, Until I Found You uh, with Steven Sanchez. Your song, Candle in the Wind. He did Tiny Dancer with Brandon Flowers. Then he brought out uh, Rena Sawayama Sawayama to do Don't Go Breaking My Heart in place of Kiki D. Uh, Crocodile Rock, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, I'm Still Standing, Cold Heart, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, and of course we end with Rocket Man. And we have fireworks and blasting off, and it's the end of the show. And, you know, I think it's going to be a long, long time. Oh, my gosh. Get it? I think it's going to be a long, long time. And he said, it's been an incredible journey. And I've had the best, best time. Uh, Wow. Uh, (laughs) I think it's going to be a long, long time. Incredible. Uh, Elton Man is is the man. There's no doubt about it. So I see where over 2,000 or almost 2,000 flights were canceled 
many due to storms on the East Coast, adding uh, to a tough weekend for the airlines as they try to handle increased travel demands and avoid critiques on recent summers of poor service. So, I mean, uh, LaGuardia Airport in New York City saw the highest share of flights canceled among U.S. airports. And the Federal Aviation Administration uh, lacks uh, any kind of plan to address it. Wait, what? The U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg at the helm doesn't have a plan? Uh, I know that there's a shortage of air traffic control personnel, and so they're saying, hey, it could take years for the FAA to hire and train the optimal number of air traffic controllers. Duh. One of the things that made me happy about it, and I, I would be so frustrated if I was traveling, and I understand being frustrated with travel and delays. Truly, I would be out of my mind. But the only thing that made me happy about the delays was that uh, I follow uh, my man Alec Baldwin. No, no gunshot, because I'm not talking about uh, the movie Rust. If I were talking about the movie Rust and I mentioned his name, well, then you'd have to have a gunshot. But since I'm just talking about him traveling, (laughs) I won't do the gunshot. I probably should, and I'm disappointing myself by not using it, but, you know, I'm just being nice. But I don't know why I'm being nice. I just am. Because it made me happy that he was so frustrated. I see on his Instagram, yes, I follow him. I never comment, though, because I don't want him to block me. (laughs) So many times I want to comment on some of the dumb crap he says on his Instagram account, but I don't because I don't want him to block me. I want to continue to follow him because he's such a douche and he was so unhappy about having to fly. Apparently he's flying He was, or he was. He, I hope he's there now. I guess he is. He was flying from Newark to Vancouver. So he's going to Vancouver. He must be getting ready to try to film a new show or get some money for a movie or whatever. So he's flying to Vancouver and he posts six and a half hours on a plane sitting at the gate waiting to fly newark to vancouver no end in sight hashtag how will global warming affect air travel and it shows his face all pissed and then the next post is his pissed even more is his face even more pissed with his headphones in and why are the u.s airlines so shitty (laughs) sitting here for seven and a half hours and so that makes me kind of happy that uh I mean, I would not want to be on a plane with him after he's all pissed off because they've been sitting there delayed. I, I believe me, I'm I understand the frustration. I really do. But because it's him, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> Plus, what are you doing? You're flying domestic, Alec. You cheap. What do you have in the movie company fly you out to Vancouver to look at some new show you could possibly be doing instead of flying private out there? Jeez, what a douche. And speaking of Canada, I see where they had their mayor election yesterday. They had 102 people or names, I should say, because one uh, was a dog that was running for mayor of Toronto. 102 names were on the ballot for Toronto's mayor election. So that included a man running on behalf of his dog. And what's going, uh, what's happening in Toronto, the previous mayor uh, of North America's fourth largest city resigned following a scandal. And so they had to, uh, you know, have a vote. So um, you only had to pay $189 and get 25 signatures and you're on the ballot. Well, congratulations to the new mayor of 
Toronto. Her name is Olivia Chow. She's 66. She emerged uh, victorious from a record field of 102 candidates after promising to raise the city's low property taxes and do more to support tenants facing a housing affordability crisis. So congratulations to her for defeating all 102 people on the on the ballot. Olivia Chow, she apparently came to Canada as a 13-year-old immigrant. She's the first Chinese-Canadian mayor of Toronto, and she's going to pursue a more progressive approach in Canada's largest city after ending more than a decade of conservative rule. And I feel like that's different than what we consider conservative here in the U.S., but maybe that's just me. So good for them. I know that uh, they've had quite a few scandals around the old mayoral uh, seat in Toronto. The first guy, right, he smoked crack. That was a few years ago. He was busted smoking crack, and then he got cancer. And then their last mayor left in disgrace after admitting he had an affair with a staffer. And he pledged not to get involved in the race. And he endorsed someone else. Uh -uh, Sorry, didn't work. Olivia Chow got the job. So good luck to Toronto. Maybe it'll work out for him. Good news. Publishers Clearinghouse will refund customers $18.5 million to settle a Federal Trade Commission lawsuit alleging that the company used deceptive website design to convince consumers that making purchases was required to either win a sweepstakes or increase their chances of winning and tacked on surprise shipping fees to purchases. Um, yeah, I don't know if they used dark patterns like Amazon did, but uh, it's not the first time that uh, the marketing and sweepstakes firm has been accused in lawsuits of misleading customers. Wait, what? Have you ever tried to... I thought at one time, I remember a long time ago, and I don't remember how long I tried it uh, to win the Publishers Clearinghouse, and I got a few magazines to get the first one, to get the first entry, and then you they keep sending you things, and you keep entering, and you don't have to purchase, but you do feel like you have to. I will say that you felt like the purchase was necessary. And obviously they tell you that it's not, but they also lead you down the road of, yeah, it's not necessary, but if you don't do it, you'll be a loser and your nose, there's no chance for you to win. So <laughs> uh, maybe that had to do with the dark patterns. I thought the dark patterns thing was a joke as the, uh, as the trade commission is trying to go after Amazon for, but maybe it's not. Maybe they're, you know, doing their voodoo that they do to get people to do their thing. <laughs> so if you uh, were one of the people uh, that, uh, you know, had the deceptive website design uh, issues that uh, convinced you to make purchases, you're going to get some of your money back. They're going to refund customers $18.5 million. $18.5 million. That seems pretty low. I mean, the attorneys are going to take half of that. 
So, I mean, what are the people going to get? Two bucks? Hey, thanks for spending $150 of your hard-earned money thinking you're going to win Publishers Clearinghouse, but here's two bucks. We settled in court. We settled with the Federal Trade Commission. So, good. Good for you. You'll be able to get your two bucks back, even though it was a lot more than that that you spent. And good news for people with uh, fat guy seating problems, uh, like uh, yours truly. Uh, the new weight loss drug from Eli Lilly shows an average drop of 24% body weight in over 48 weeks in phase two of the clinical study. It's the most effective results to date for the new class of drugs known as semaglutides. And so, okay, great. It uh, Just when it seemed... Uh, that the weight loss uh, drug race couldn't get any more frenzied. The makers of the popular obesity medications uh, are on the run. They're on the go. We're going to make this happen. We're going to have the anti-fat pills on the market. I know. And they're doing it without, uh, without shots. So Novo Nordisk said yesterday it will seek FDA approval this year for a pill version of its pound shredding medication. Uh, Wegove, Ozempic for weight loss after finding that an oral alternative was just as effective. All right, good. So these people are saying, hey, we make Ozempic, we're going to get Ozempic in a, in a pill. I don't know if you're going to end up with Ozempic, but that's a thing too. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Ozempic makes you have a saggy butt, but I, you know, is it worth it to lose 100 pounds? You'll have to make that choice. So Pfizer and Eli Lilly, then the maker of Monjero, and I don't know if you get Monjero, but or not, uh, a recent breakout uh, in weight loss is trailing uh, behind the three drug makers. So we'll see how that goes. Now the Novo Nordisk final trials before the FDA review: diabetics lost up to 20 pounds, and non-diabetics lost an average of 35 pounds. Wow. On a high-dose daily pill version of the semaglutide, the generic name for Ozempic. Okay, I, I like, that's great. And it doesn't say if you're going to get Ozempic butt from the pill. <laughs> I don't know if you are or not. It's a, it's a good question. We'll find out, won't we? We'll find out in the trials. Right. So, we'll see. Now, one of the drugs they stopped making right i thought i saw yeah pfizer was developing a second pill but it dropped oh there you go pfizer was de uh, developing a second pill it just dropped it after discovering it could harm people's livers wait what come on we're gonna give up we're fine if you're if you're fat and want to be thin you're gonna take a shot it might hurt your liver eh. all right i'll take one last pill <laughs> I mean, the docs think it's great because people get squimish around needles. Really? I, I don't, you know, is that a thing? I, I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, I've had shots all my life and I've had shots in my knees and my ankles and my shoulders and, you know, every, everywhere. And, uh, you know, so I, I, it hurts, but, you know, you just do it. And so, you know, that's why I never wanted to do any really hard drugs with needles because i knew that that would i would be addicted in a heartbeat absolutely uh 100 be addicted <laughs> uh, so i mean it's just me eh, maybe it's just me okay so we have to find out now if uh you get manjaro but
because Ozempic butt is a real thing. It's a side effect linked to the drug. So some users of the medication say it caused them to develop a saggier butt and it's uh, associated with the use of Ozempic. So are you willing to have a saggier butt for a thinner waistline? Uh, That's a question only you can answer. Hey, be sure to follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can follow me on Cameo, and you can order a Cameo from me. That's not free, but you can order a Cameo from me. Just tell me whether you want me to be happy, sad, glad, mad, mean. And uh, that's the way it works. And then uh, when I send you the video, uh, you get charged the money. That's the way it works. Cameo is, you know, kind of my pimp. Just the way it is. Okay, I'll leave you with uh, the joke of the day sent from Paul at my email address, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Paul sent this, and I'm going to use this for the joke of the day. If you'd like to send a joke of the day that could possibly be used on the program, you can email that to chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Little boy was sitting on the porch of the general store eating a bag of chocolates. He had chocolates all over his face, hands, clothing, everywhere. The old man walks by, shaking his head as he goes by inside the store to get his flour, coffee, and sugar. When he comes out, little boy still gnawing on his big bag of chocolate. The old man stops, shakes his head, and says, Little boy, eating all that chocolate isn't good for you. Little boy looks up and says, My granddaddy lived to be a hundred years old. The old man replies, From eating chocolate? Little boy says, Nope, from minding his own damn business. <laughs> All right, that's it. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.